Hey guys, I'm Michelle. And I'm Dana, aka it's Dana B. And welcome to our next episode of Rants and Revelations. Ooh, wow, that was a very whack audience cheering. <laughs> that was real low, sis. The voice is always gone. It's always gone. Everybody, can we please encourage Dana to save her voice for the podcast so you guys can hear her clearly? Because obviously Dana is always out and about living her life and she'll be losing her voice. All right, you guys. So thank you guys for tuning into this podcast. We are excited to be talking to you guys about a topic that is definitely near to me. Um, what about you, Dana? Would you feel like it's near to you? I will say, I don't really know. I have to think it through a little bit. I do feel like I experience it, but not in the way that I've had conversations with my friends. Okay. Oh, perfect. I would love to hear about their conversation because I feel like everyone kind of interprets different things differently. Yeah. So I'd love to hear because I'm I'm able to take certain things and apply it to my life. Yeah. And I find it interesting how other people apply it. But anyway, as you guys know, before we get started in the actual topic, and then we'll also get into the topic so you guys can know what we're talking about, um, we'd like to kick off our episodes by giving you guys our strawberries and lemons of the week. Yeah. So basically what that is, is that strawberries are like a high point, so something good that happened, something promising, um, something awesome that happened. Mm -hmm. And then lemons is something that wasn't too great. It doesn't have to always be super, super negative, but just something that was just like, ugh. I like it. Uh, so yeah, so Dana. <laughs> a little bitter, a little bitter. A little bitter, just a little bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want to kick it off or you want me to go? Absolutely. So I will say that my strawberry is winning an award um, in my career. This was Yay! the first award. Thank you. Thank you. This was the first award that I won as a financial planner and it completely caught me by surprise. Mm -hmm. So it's perfect for this conversation because honestly, when they started, you know, describing the person who won before they said my name, I was like, are they talking about me? There's no way. Wow. So that was a strawberry and I was pleasantly surprised. Awesome. Okay, so for my lemon, I honestly cannot think of a lemon this week. Um, I'll just say that this weekend I was super, super tired, but, you know, that's typical. So I'm just grateful that I had a really good week. Okay, that's good. That's good. So for me, I'm going to actually start off with a lemon. <laughs> oh, that was going to be different. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Strawberries and lemons, not lemons and strawberries. But I feel like you, like the same way that you feel like you didn't have a lemon, I feel like I didn't particularly have a strawberry. Oh. Like okay. everything was, like you said, like you had a, okay, you know, a pretty good week. So mm -hmm. for me, if I felt the same way, like it was a pretty good week, but I don't know if there was anything that was like a super highlighted point where it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lemon. I have to save this for the podcast. I mean, a, a strawberry. strawberry. Yeah. But I have a lemon. Ooh. For I'm sure. Scared. And the lemon is some of these drivers in Atlanta, Georgia are just <laughs> ridiculous. What happened, sis? Please don't tell me you got into an accident. No, thank God. Did not get into an accident. And I don't want to harbor too much negative energy where it's like, you know what? You you complaining about this? Let me have let me give you something to complain about. Boom. Okay. Right. But what I don't understand, and this is not while Atlanta, I experienced this in Atlanta. I feel like this happens all throughout. Drivers need to be more, we just need to be nice as a community of people, as drivers. <laughs> I feel like, 
I understand you can't let, you don't, I'm not gonna say you can't. I understand if you don't let everybody get in front of you. I get it. Cause then they're going to take advantage of you. And then you're going to have 15 cars getting in front of you, but one or two cars, let them go. Yeah. No people drivers are mean. They're so mean, mean, so mean. And like, so where I live, like there's usually like construction or something going on in the roads or whatever. So sometimes they may have it to where there are cones that are blocking off like two or three lanes or yeah, usually like one or two lanes actually. And this time two lanes were blocked off. Mm -hmm. And um, I was literally pulling up to where like I was about to hit the cone if the car in front of me did not let me go. Right. And the lady still did not let me go. And I was just like, they're I'm one so car. Petty. They're so petty. So petty. Like, it was just like, yo, like. Bruh, listen, you know what my pet peeve is, though? What? And this is turning into a rant about drivers. <laughs> but my pet peeve is when I'm driving and another car is, like, at a stop sign or they're coming out of, like, a, um, a parking lot and they need to get on the main road, too. If there's no car behind me. Why are you rushing to get in front of me? Just let me go. It's one car. That blows me every single time. (laughs) Every single time I get so hot. I'm like, I understand. Like, I'll give more grace if I'm coming and there's a host of traffic behind me. Of course. Of course. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Get in. I'm the one lone car. And you're speeding to, like, cut me off. Why? Let me go. And you know I'm petty. I pull up so I can make eye contact, but then I'm a punk, so I just keep driving. (laughs) So I was literally on the phone with Brandon while this was happening (laughs) with the lady for me, and I was like, ooh, I can't wait to drive past her so I can look her in the eye. Ooh! (laughs) Because I was like, ooh, once I'm able to get next to her, and I was like, I'm going to put my foot on the gas and blaze past her. I was so mad, and I was like, wow, like, (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy but driving etiquette that was a lemon for me because i was like one if my car hit them cones well i would have been looking stupid yeah nobody's gonna help me everybody's gonna keep driving yep yeah i've been riding over a bunch of cones so yeah man that was a lemon because that really really like it did something to me mm, i could tell that message just straight a little bit but we're good now we're good now we're good. We're good. We're oh, good. God. When did that happen? What day this week? Friday. Oh, so it was like at the start of your weekend too. Yes. Yeah. And at the end of the work week. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you're like, fed up. Yes, I'm <laughs> like, up. I'm done. I'm yeah. ready for the weekend. So yeah. Okay. All right. So do you feel like you have any updates or anything you want to share? I'm trying to think life announcements. Not really. I will say that I am so excited for summer to get here. I'm so excited. I painted my nails bright yellow to bring more sunshine. Bring it in. I'm ready. Yes. I'm over the cold a hundred percent. Like I'm done. I feel like we get it. I know the groundhog predicted. I don't know how accurate this groundhog is. Do they swap out groundhogs? Do they like this one pass away and then one comes? Like, is it this? Is this the same groundhog? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Questions that need answers. Literally, who's employing the groundhog? Exactly. But apparently, spring is supposed to be coming earlier. 
I was just about to say it in Creole, but I still don't see Me spring. Too. Like, I, <laughs> <been fabrique. laughs> I still don't see spring. I don't understand. And it's funny. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I definitely can't wait until like the summertime, mm -hmm. spring and summertime for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because as soon as they said, oh, the groundhog saw its shadow, da da da, the next few days it was freezing cold where I live. So I was just kind of confused, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be here earlier. So I'm still excited. Right. Right, right, right. For sure. All right, y'all. So let's jump straight into our rant. You guys know um, by now you should know that. How we set it up is that we have our rant and we talk about a particular topic. Yep. And then we have our coming to Jesus moments where we kind of like give advice and kind of talk through things that we just discussed. Um, or if anybody has any questions during this segment, that's where we're kind of, you know, going and give some advice. Yep. And at the end, we have our revelation. So we basically summarize everything we talked about. And as you guys know, I feel like when you have conversations with different people, like you always get some, well, hopefully you get something out of it and right. you're just like, yo, like I didn't even realize that I was thinking that way or yo, I didn't even think to think that way. Yep. So that's where we kind of, you know, talk about any revelations that we had. But anyway, today's topic is about imposter syndrome. Do, 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 do. Can I read the definition? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, Dana, yeah. Give us a definition. We love definitions around here. Give us a definition. Absolutely. So we pulled the imposter syndrome definition from a Harvard Business Review article, and it describes imposter syndrome as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. And I feel like that explains it perfectly. That's exactly oh, yeah. what it is. And I really like the fact that it says despite evident success, because it's mm -hmm. one thing if you're feeling imposter syndrome and you're not successful. But it's a mm -hmm. whole other ball game when you have, you know, all these accolade, accolades. Mm -hmm. That's what I get for trying to use, you know, trying to be fancy. Stick to what I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no, but it's another thing when you have like all these accolades to your name and you still feel as though you're not good enough or you don't deserve it or you didn't earn it. And right. I think a lot of people our age definitely feel this way because we're past college we're, you know, a couple of years or we're a few years into our career, but we haven't arrived yet. Right. And I know there's no manual to life, but it kind of feels like a sink or swim situation because you're working with people who are like significantly older than you, right? They can be your parents' age, but they're not treating you like a child anymore. So you're navigating all mm. these different things. And it's just like, am I doing this right? You know, at mm -hmm. my age, were they here or, you know, it's different if you're the manager or the supervisor or you're leading a team of people who are significantly older than you have been with the mm -hmm. company longer than you have. It's just so many things to think about and figure out. And you can, you know, be at work and make it look like you're doing a good job or like you know what you're doing, but you walk with that self-doubt day in and day mm -hmm. out, no matter how many awards you make, no matter the raises you get, what your review says. It's like a personal thing that you feel. Right. So, Michelle, I don't know if you want to talk to that or, you know, share your personal yeah. experiences at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like I was saying earlier, I definitely feel like for certain things, while I may not um, connect all of the things that they say about or 
descriptions or what they have based on like certain things, you can pick and put different things together to be like, you know what? Oh my gosh, I can relate with this. I can relate with that. And I can see how in different ways I suffer from imposter syndrome. So I'm going to list out a few things and kind of talk about it. And Dana, definitely feel free to interject. One thing is that, like you mentioned, people with imposter syndrome or who kind of deal with it is that they suffer with self, like chronic self-doubt. And I feel like that's one thing that we can especially feel like being, you know, the age that the age group that we're in now in our 20s, where we're like, we feel like we know we're doing and we have some confidence behind what we're doing. But it's like, I may not have all of the years of experience that someone else may have, or am I doing this right? Right. Because some of us in our career fields, it wasn't like we had our parents who did the same exact thing we did, where we can mirror that and kind of learn from them. Um, We may have gone to school for one particular thing and ended up in a completely different, (laughs) you know, career. So it's like, yeah, right. It's like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going down the right path? So I feel like Mm -hmm. those different things kind of, you know, go to self-doubt and then also too depending on your personality like also if you end up making a mistake right right? so whether you're working with a client something at work and you do one small little blunder and it's like oh my gosh am I gonna always make mistakes am I gonna Mm -hmm. always have to get criticized that's really really good and I Mm -hmm. think that's why at the beginning when you asked me do I deal with imposter syndrome I was saying how I kind of have to think about it Because Mm -hmm. I think the number one freeing thing that I got very early on before I even started my big girl job out of college is Mm -hmm. um, a conversation I had with my manager. Prior to starting, she set up a phone call for us before my first day just to kind of introduce herself, get a feel for um, who I am and things of that nature. And she told me on that phone call, there's no mistake that you can make that's not fixable. That was so freeing. And I took that with me. And honestly, I always tell her, like, you're the best manager. Like, you're the best first manager a girl could have. She was so encouraging. That's good. She's so motivating. And she's constantly, like, she just, literally, if I needed an ego boost, my manager came through. She just thought I was amazing. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. I feel like that's something that really helped me, to, if I deal with it, to deal with it on a low level. Just think, like, your job is not oftentimes, you know, unless you're like a heart surgeon or something, or you're a surgeon at all, it's not a life or death situation. So I think of that often. There's no mistake that I can make that's not fixable. Not saying that I'm going around not being excellent at what I do. I'm not taking precautions and I'm not doing a good job, but I I took that pressure off of myself because I'm just like, if I make a mistake, I'm going to own up to it and I'm going to fix it. And I can say like one thing for me, like being like one in a creative field and also like when you're working with clients and it's like results driven or if you're working in a career field that's results driven period if you feel like okay like for you you know that you can reach that goal but based Mm -hmm. on other people whether the company what their timeline is the clients their timeline like people have an expectation and it's like if you're not able to meet that expectation within that time frame then it's kind of like you feel like you're like you're doubting yourself but it's like for a second you're like no wait I know that for this particular thing it takes x amount of time to start seeing results and as much as you can tell someone that if you're on the company dime or right right you're on someone else's dime it's like they don't care. That's awesome. But I need right. results. And it's so it's like, crap. <laughs> like, why can't I produce these results faster? You know, but it's like, it doesn't work like that. So that was one big thing. And I can say, I definitely, 
especially early on, I suffered from self-doubt because I was just like, I know I'm good at this, but am I really though? And you know, like you've funny? had several the thing businesses, I look at you work for yourself, like you've helped other businesses wild. reach their numbers and their metrics and be successful. So it's kind of crazy to look at someone like, she knows how to run a business. She's a true entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? To look and to hear you say, I suffer from self-doubt. Like that's insane. saying to me. And that's crazy that you, I think, and that's another thing I'm sure we'll get into that is like, you see your imposter syndrome. Wow. Like you see yourself. Cause you're saying like successes and stuff. And like, I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, when you feel like you don't see the level of success that you expected mm. or you see for yourself, what success to you looks like, what success looks like to you can be completely different to someone else right? Some people's success is like, yo, like you were able to get that promotion. But to you, it's like, yo, it took me five years to get this promotion. Like, uh, like, you know, whatever, whatever. But it's like, no, that's still success. Even though it didn't, you didn't reach it within your intended timeframe or how you wanted it to look. So true. So true. Yes, girl. Okay. So I'm just going to say it like a few more. So another thing, people who deal with imposter syndrome usually go through is going overboard on tasks and goal setting. Talk about it. (laughs) I'm like, yo, that's crazy. With me personally, I feel like I'm way more self-aware. So when it comes to working with someone else or whatever, like I'm all here for setting goals. I'm all here. And I feel like all of those things are crucial for business, life, work, everything, right? Let me ask you this. So are you saying go overboard as in they give themselves or take on too many tasks and goal setting? Or once they have their task and their goals listed out, they just go hard like 24-7 around the clock? That's a good question. I feel like for me, I see it as going overboard in terms of like setting a bunch of tasks, setting a bunch of goals and trying to like, yeah, going overboard on trying to achieve those. And you like, you spend a lot of your time setting goals, setting goals, setting goals. But like, are you actually putting the work towards achieving it? Got it. And I could be wrong, but that's just how I see it. Maybe that's how I I applied it to my life. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I feel like when it comes to, and I'm way way more self-aware, like I said, when it comes to doing it, it's like, you can set goals all day long, but if you're not putting a plan in action, if you're not actually doing the work, You're doing all of that for no reason. So you're going overboard on trying to complete a thousand tasks in a day so you can feel successful. But it's like you just spent all this time doing a bunch of stuff that may not yield any results or may not be the right thing you should be doing when you could have been way more effective with your time just because you wanted to fulfill a void or something that you had. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I completely understand what you mean. And when I first started as... I'm a financial planner, you know, essentially I work for myself. So it's so easy to find myself um, doing busy work and working on things that we call non-revenue producing because I felt like one, it was the things that I could do. I can, you know, process paperwork. I can put together client um, files. I can do all the things besides the hard, big revenue producing tasks that will actually help me to reach my goals. Does that make sense? 
because mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. things that would actually bring me money, they were hard and they were scary. And that's what measured success. So I would just do all the other mm-hmm. middle stuff. And, you know, I'll spend two, three days working on that because I'm too scared to like call a client and get another no. And go. Yes. 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 Wow. Yes. <laughs> like you were literally trying to like avoid what could potentially happen, even though you don't know it's going to be a no, you're like, you know what, let me set myself up for that. No. Right. Right. And because in my business, like one, there's a lot of competition. There's just so many other financial planners and and advisors. Right. And I guess Mm -hmm. now that I'm talking about it, I have dealt with imposter syndrome because I'm super young. I'm a woman and I'm a black woman at that. So to go to these, you know, big time prospects and get them to trust me with their life savings or hundreds of thousands of dollars, I was a little apprehensive. Like I just didn't feel like I fit the bill. So again, I was going Mm -hmm. overboard on other little things so that I wouldn't have to sell myself to them and explain why I can do it, even though you don't even know if they doubt me or I don't even know if they doubt me. I doubted myself before I gave them the opportunity. Yes, I experienced that a lot, especially like early on when it came to getting clients and stuff, right? Like you said, like you're kind of preparing yourself for that no, and you're kind of like Mm -hmm. thinking automatically, like especially if it's like a bigger business or something where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to reach out to them. But it's like, what? why would they like spend their money on little old me? Why would they work with little old me? But it's like, you don't know how someone sees you. You don't know how, how someone sees your business. Like you will not know unless you go out there and you just do it. Yeah. And that's especially important for entrepreneurs because what I constantly have to remember is you eat what you kill. So processing paperwork is not going to pay bills. <laughs> right. No, keep, keep me busy. busy, but I'll be busy, <laughs> broke and homeless. Girl, them fingers gonna be clacking. But listen, that mayo sandwich not gonna be busting. First of all, I just found out about mayo sandwiches. I'm like, so you literally eat two pieces of bread and you put mayo on it and that's good to you? You don't have a choice. You don't have choice. Cold world. Cold world. So do you feel like, so the next thing with imposter syndrome is that you feel like you won't live up to expectations. Do you feel like you've ever experienced that? I probably have. Um, I can't think think of anything at the moment, so I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, I feel like, one, I think I like the fact that they kept kept it vague. Like, you feel like you won't live up to expectations. Whose expectations? Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, a lot of it, I'm my own self-sabotager. I don't need anyone else. You're like, I got it. I'm good. I got it covered. (laughs) Guys, it's okay. Don't waste your time. It's it's all covered. (laughs) Which is terrible for me to be saying this, but a lot of self-reflecting. Like I know, like I can be my own Mm self-sabotager and it was worse back then, but I've definitely been growing and like really making sure that I don't let myself get to that place. Yeah. So a lot of it is like the expectations. And I feel like for me, it's like your own expectations. Like we all, especially if you, if you have that go-getter personality, which I have, Mm -hmm. and I always feel like I need to be busy. I need to be doing something. I need to always have something going on. If not, what am I doing? Like, I'm not meeting any expectations. Right. What's the next big thing? Right. It's always what's the next big thing. Like, what can we do? How can we stay busy? And I feel like for me personally, it's my own personal expectations that if I don't go hard or whatever, like I'm not going to meet them. And for other people, it can also be um, 
family expectations or outside expectations to where, let's say your parents really want you to go in the medical field and be a nurse and be a doctor, but you know, your calling is to be a singer, to be a writer, to be something else. And it's like, you know, you're self-sabotaging yourself or like feeling like you're not going to live up to someone else's expectations if you go out and do it. So you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to do what they want me to do. Right. And then you're unhappy with it. And I feel like you would still deal with imposter syndrome in that field that someone else wanted you to do because Mm -hmm. you know you're not living up to your full potential. So you're constantly wondering, like, am I doing it as well as I can? Am I the right person for the job? Do I know what I'm doing? Because you're not putting your all into it. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Because you're always thinking about that other thing, that thing you want to do, you know, or your true passion. And another one, one of the last ones I'll bring up is that people who suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes avoid asking for raises, right? Um, I can say for me to just be transparent in the beginning when I was first um, starting business and getting into it, I was afraid to raise prices um, because I was just like, oh my gosh, like, are people going to want to pay for this now? Are, you know, are my current clients going to want to pay for it? I don't want to lose them, you know, da, 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 whatever. And my husband, Brandon, had to tell me like, yo, you, you don't have to raise these prices, but you're going to have to be doing that work on by yourself. Cause like, I'm not with it. <laughs> Brandon said, I don't work for free, my man. He was like, listen, these prices were cute in the beginning, but now like our, yeah. like our equipment has, you know, increased. We've begun working with other people who have to get paid. Right. We've been, you know, our, um, the type of work that we produced has increased greatly. So what was worth a certain amount back then can't like, how could a business sustain itself off of the same costs and things like that from when they first, first started. Right. Imagine if these businesses were charging what they charged in 1912, we'll be paying five cents for things now. (laughs) No. That sounds great, actually. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> for the consumer, it sounds great. But for the business, ain't no money. You paying five right. cents for something in 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Air don't even cost five cents. You said what doesn't cost five I cents? I said air doesn't even feel like it costs five cents. <laughs> <laughs> like... You're right. You know that if you're in the hospital and you need oxygen, like it costs money. You need to breathe? Girl, let me add that to your bill. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you're trying to do this on your own. Because it's not looking promising you doing it on your own. So let me help you and tack this onto your bill. Got to give you a little oxygen. You feel me? Yo, I'm so evil. <laughs> That's so, so true. That's so true. And you're right. Like a lot of time as consumers, we have to keep in mind, and I don't know, this might be like a side note, but just thinking, mm-hmm. you know, something may be expensive, but you have to keep in mind like that entrepreneur, they're putting their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And if right. you want something quality, you have to pay for it. Right. For sure. You have to pay for it. Yeah. For sure. Especially if you know you're working with a small business, especially if you know that person, you know, and I feel like sometimes too, that's what kind of, and I don't want to turn this into like solely entrepreneurship talk, um, but that's mm-hmm. just where I relate to. But I feel like too, one thing is that you feel like when you're working with someone closely that you know, or something like that, you're even more fearful. Cause it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm just trying to like dig into their pockets, but it's like, ah, I need to like eat. And I need to survive and I can't continue getting paid this amount. Like that worked two, three years ago, but it's not working for me now. Right. You know, so those, yeah, for sure. And I also think it's a mindset kind of thing because 
Oh yeah. I was trying that you have to charge a fee for your services. You just have to. And I know that what I set my minimum fee as there were advisors who have been in the business for years who wouldn't dream of charging that. Right. But Mm. I just was in my training to become a financial planner. I was taught you have to charge a fee. These are the things you take into consideration when deciding what your initial or your base fee will be for prospects or clients. And the thing is, if there is, if you're worth something and your boss doesn't see it or your customer doesn't see it, then you're either not at the right company or that customer is not the right one for you. Preach. So I think of that meme or that little quote I see everywhere that says, know your worth, add tax. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Um, And then just really quickly, you said that people who deal with imposter syndrome, they won't ask for a raise. You can't just walk into your boss's office and ask for a $20,000 raise if you weren't doing a good job, if you're not showing up on time, if you're not delivering results. But if you know that you're checking all those things, you have your uh, fellow employees or like your coworkers telling you like how helpful you've been to them or your manager leaving positive reviews when you do your annual review or, you know, they're sending you an email saying, hey, because of this project you worked on, you saved me X amount of time or you saved the company X amount of dollars. You have to know that you deserve a raise. Absolutely. And I think that's where that goes back to documentation. Sometimes when we're like in our wins, especially someone who, you know, has imposter syndrome, you may like be like, oh, that's not a win. Like you just kind of put it to the side. But it's like, no, all of those wins, you need to compile it. Like, oh, wait, what you said, Sally? You said that this, this, and that. Let me get the exact dollar amount. So I could could reference this later. Yeah, let me know, Sally. It was, thank you so much. Can you repeat that? Because I didn't have my pen ready. Like, (laughs) for real, you know? Also, if you're working with clients, like, having those metrics, having those things, you know, whatever. Like, if you see that it was something that you created and they were able to yield X amount of results or get X amount of whatever, even if it was just advice, whatever it may be, it always goes back to, I think it should always go back to documentation because that'll help you if you are dealing with imposter syndrome and you feel like, oh my gosh, like, me asking for a raise, like, I feel like I haven't done anything. It's like, no, girl, our guy. You've done a lot. Yeah, like pull up that that sheet that you had, that binder that you had or whatever. If you real slow, you got a binder. But pull up that <laughs> doc, that Google Doc that you had and you yep. can say, gas yourself up and be like, oh, okay, yep. no, perfect. So I'll bring up when I help the company do this. I'll bring up when I was able to real, you know, yield X amount of results. And then yes. that can kind of be used as a reference when it comes to getting to that, yeah, for the raise. Absolutely. I'm going to say two more things too, two more tips on that. So if you're on the corporate side, I was taught um, to create what is called a brag book. So that's Mm. basically an Excel document or a Google doc where you go in, you put the date, you put the note of what it is that was accomplished and you put the name of the person who said it. If it's in an email format, you copy and paste that email, you attach that email. That way, when it's time to ask for a raise, when it's time to go into your review, you have everything listed. And my brag book, um, when I was on the corporate side was detailed. I had the time 8, 19 AM. I got an email from Bob and Bob said that he was super grateful. He thought I was very patient and a lot of his, team came back and said they enjoyed working with me. Like be very detailed in your brag book because you want to make sure that if you're going to ask for a raise, they know the value that you've added. And then 
yeah, and then on the entrepreneur side, uh, what I do now for my clients, if they ever thank me, if we leave a meeting and they said something that was super impactful about the value add um, that I provided to them, I compile that similar to a brag book. But then every year when we're meeting to renew that fee, I list out everything that I've done for them so that they remember why they paid me that fee. And Mm -hmm. they see that honestly, um, I have earned that fee. I have earned their trust um, and I put in the work that's required. So if you're an entrepreneur, that's one way to do it. If you're um, a nine to fiver, corporate side, mm-hmm. yep, corporate side, that's another way to do it as well. That's so good. That's so, so good because I feel like sometimes we can get in the headspace of where like we take those little wins. And I feel like I said this already, but I guess I feel led to repeat it where you kind of take those little wins and it's just like, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, I'm glad that I was able to help you or whatever. And you just kind of put it to the side. You don't really like think about it. You don't really document it. And I think that's so good that we're saying, you know, make sure you document that. Make sure you. Everything. Yes. A hundred percent. Everything. Like you are so helpful. Boom. Put that in the brag book. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Run me my coins. I'm helping your company. Yes. Yes. And you can reference that later. Just like you said, at the end, when it's time for that review or when it's time to raise those prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So here's my new price and here's how you felt this year. So I would hope that you could, <laughs> I would hope that, you know, in case you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> in case you forgot. Um, so Michelle, if it's okay with you, I want to just jump um, onto tips on how to overcome it. Oh yeah, that's good. Alrighty. So if you want to overcome imposter syndrome, the first thing is to make sure that you have measurable goals And that goes back to that brag book that we talked about. It goes back to being able to list out in bullet point format everything that you've done for your client or your customer. You want to make sure that you set goals and have a number attached to it. Measurable. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Set measurable goals. I don't know how to (laughs) expound on that, honestly. Unless, Michelle, do you have any tips on setting measurable goals? I think for me, my biggest takeaway for setting measurable goals is that one, it's something, of course, that you can track, something that you can showcase, something that you can uh, provide to that client, but it's also for yourself. It's also for those moments where you are doubting yourself, where you feel like you're not achieving certain things because one big part of imposter syndrome is that while you are achieving levels of success, you're not deeming them as successful. So Mm -hmm. if you have your actual success list listed out, you can see, oh my gosh, wow. Like you can kind of stop the, um, how can I put it? Stop the growth of the imposter syndrome or like kind of uh, those, those self-sabotaging thoughts because you're right. like, oh no, perfect. Like I can gas myself up and see all that I've been able to achieve. You know what? That was a success. I do remember how much time I put into that particular client. I do remember how much time I put towards learning something in order for me to get to that next level and provide that as provide that as a service. I do yep. remember how I invested in myself. You know, so all of those mm-hmm. things can contribute to your success that you may not deem as successful, but it was in fact successful. So that's kind of how I twist the measurable goals. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. really good. Uh, I'll say that the second tip is to avoid, avoid, avoid comparison. Oh, yeah. We know that 
<laughs> social media plays a huge, huge part of that mm-hmm. because you can look at yourself where you are. You're following someone who's 30, 35. They just bought a Benz. They're flying all over the world. They just got a promotion. And now you feel like what you're doing doesn't add up. But we have to stop doing that. Where you are, you worked hard to get there. No one did the work but you. Yes. Everyone's walking in, you know, even if I'm speaking to another 26-year-old black female financial advisor, yes, we can compare ourselves, and I'm using quotation marks, uh, if we look at numbers, but honestly, there's so many other ways that we define success. Success to me is having freedom in my schedule and flexibility in my schedule to travel as much as I can. Success to me is being able to help a client who feel like they didn't save enough for retirement. Success for another advisor can be taking home X amount of dollars, uh, Mm -hmm. climbing the ranks as a financial. You know, there's different ways to measure success. So you can't compare yourself to somebody else because I might be looking at that black female financial advisor like, man, they made $100,000 this year. Right. And they're not even concerned about that. They're not impressed with that goal themselves. So. Just stop the comparison and just be happy with where you are. Yes. Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, that's good. It is. That's because so I feel like you get so wrapped up in what someone else was able to achieve that, again, you downplay your successes. You don't value your successes. You don't value yourself as much because you're spending so much of your time comparing yourself to other people. Again, something that I used to do when I was younger. Like in my mm-hmm. earlier twenties, let me stop younger mm-hmm. Chabu. In my earlier twenties, I wanted to laugh so hard. Like, okay, come through. She said, I'm grown now. <laughs> Girl. So in my earlier twenties and it wasn't like super crazy negative comparison, but it was more so like, dang, like I wish I could get there. Why am I not there? Like, you know, it's great that, you know, he or she is doing that, but it's like, what am I, I'm not going hard enough, but it's like one, you have to always, always, always remember that people put in different amount of times, a different type. How can I put it? People put in different amounts of time towards achieving that success that you see or something that you see to you. You're like, Oh my gosh, why am I not there yet? But it's like, you've been doing what you've been doing off and on for a few years. That person stuck to it for 10 years. And now they're seeing it. So it's like, if you actually stick to something yes. for once and you see it through, maybe Dang. you may see that success, Dang. you know? So it's like, it's easy to just look at someone's life and be like, I wish. You just read all of us. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, I feel like you just checked me so hard. I'm yeah. clutching my chest. <laughs> for real, for real. And again, self-reflection, because it's like, it's real easy to be like, ooh, she got this. He got that. They doing this. They doing that. They're young and they're popping. They making money. Da, 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 da. But it's like, they stuck to it. Did you? You know? Yep. Did you run away when you Back. weren't seeing it? Unlike them ooh. who stuck to it, you know? So it's like a lot of those things go into play. And also too, like, you don't know what they did to get there. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep it at that. But yeah. <laughs> wow. I feel like that's a revelation right there. Boom. That was good. That was good. Um, <clears throat> and the last one, I'm going to keep it short. Just be kind to yourself. I don't know how else to say, but celebrate your wins. Fight through your failures. And like a lot of successful entrepreneurs always say, fail fast, fail forward. 
You know, you have to fail in order to get to success. Just, you know, learn from it and keep it pushing. Be kind to yourself. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to have those feelings of inadequacy, but let's just not stay there because we deserve to be at that table. We deserve to be in that room. Right. Don't live in that place. Don't stay in that moment and just know that your failures are lessons. Yes. All right. So Michelle gave us a really good revelation. I would say that that's my revelation for tonight. Mm -hmm. Just if you're not sticking to what you need. And I feel like the revelation should probably be something so much more positive because imposter syndrome, we we're all hard workers. We're all successful in our own right. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if you're not sticking to something, you cannot be upset if you don't see the results you want. Yep. And that's throughout all of life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's throughout all of life. It does not have to only apply to, um, to work. You know, a hundred percent applies to hobbies. You may have something like personal health wise, everything like definitely like a hundred percent. And I can say, um, one more thing too, is that stop obsessing with chasing success. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that, was that a revelation? I feel like that is something that I feel like I definitely had to learn. And I would say that's a revelation yep. for me, but it also kind of ties, I guess, a little bit into advice is that you chasing the success is not healthy. Yep. Because one, if you don't reach that particular success, then you're tying all of your value to that particular thing. Yeah, and when your value and right. your worth is tied to you reaching a goal, it's, listen, me and Dana are literally both shaking our head right now. Shaking like, our heads. <laughs> like, it's not, so if we got quiet, it's because we both looking at each other, shaking our heads like, it's not going like, to work. It's not good. It's no not, bueno. No bueno at mm -hmm. all. So that's one thing I would say, like a revelation for me, whether it's just like, you know, coming from this podcast and also just my life period is that I had to learn how to stop chasing success so hard. And like making it to where everything is tied to that success, yeah. you know? Okay. So, um, we're going to wrap it up here, but the last thing I want to say is that imposter syndrome, no matter how much people applaud you and tell you that you're doing amazing, if you don't believe that you're always going to carry that feeling of being inferior and not deserving of whatever award or uh, accomplishments that you have achieved. So just make sure that you do the mental work, that you check in with yourself, that you read through your brag book so that you can yes. celebrate all of your wins and continue to strive to, towards the next thing. That's not saying that you should just sit back and be satisfied with where you are. Yeah. If there's something else you can do to better yourself or help others, definitely work towards that. But again, just don't be hard on yourself. We're all, again, there's no manual to life. We're all just trying to make it. Yes. For real, for real. And I feel like once you're able to get to a place where you do enough self-reflection, you'll be able to notice certain patterns, certain things that are happening in your life, and you'll be able to learn from it. So a lot of it is a learning experience. You don't just wake yep. like, well, I'm sure some people can, but you don't wake up and just be like, oh my gosh, I have imposter syndrome. It's like, no, like, <laughs> like oh my gosh, what do I do? Uh, no, it's like you start to notice different things and you start to like read up on certain things and you're like, yo, okay, like now that I know that this is something that, you know, I deal with, let me figure out how I can positively change it. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention too, as we close out is that it's good to strive for success, but I feel like 
obsessing over chasing success is a problem because I don't want to ever tell someone to not strive for success. We, you know, we should Mm -hmm. just as people, you know, you want to just, you want to strive for your success that you deem in life or whatever. But when you're Mm -hmm. obsessed with it and it's like negative, that's when it's like, when you start to see some negative feelings and negative things that are happening being produced, then it's like, okay, reel yourself back and be like, yo, you know? Yeah. So, Alrighty, guys, that is our second episode of Rants and Revelations, Imposter Syndrome. Um, Thank you so much for just sitting here with us, listening to us, like, talk this out. I really feel like it's something that a lot of people can relate to, and Michelle gave some really, really good tips. So I'm excited to do the work for myself. Please follow us on Instagram rantsandrevelations.tv let us know what you thought about this episode and please share if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome and how you overcame it again rants and revelations is about building a community of people who can learn together grow together and just be better people and lead better lives thank you guys so much for tuning in be sure to share this episode with a friend too if even if you may not be dealing with imposter syndrome you may have that friend you know like you know what I think Keisha is dealing with it. I think Sally, going back to Sally. (laughs) Why Keisha? Listen, Keisha and Sally, I'm giving you both. I'm giving you options. Sally might be dealing with it. (laughs) Options, okay? Options, baby. So, you know, pass this along to a friend, start conversations, and just be sure to share them with us because we would love to hear what you guys have to say about this topic. (laughs) 